The following message is from Bear Creek Church. More information about BCC is available at bearcreekchurch.org. Happy Mother's Day. It's good to be together. You know, there's a joke within the church. After several experiences of Mother's Days and Father's Days that we've come to realize that Mother's Day sermons are for honor and praise, while Father's Day sermons tend to be critical and challenging. Uh, So to balance things out, I thought I would uh, read from Proverbs 31 this morning. Actually, I am, just a little bit. But, and actually, it's a beautiful passage. It's a beautiful passage of wisdom that ought to be an encouragement uh, to women, to moms. Like some of, um, you know, and, and I think, it makes me think of some of the songs of worship that we sing that don't necessarily describe our current, our current state as much as our desire and our prayer. Think of the, for example, the song, I Surrender All. I've heard people say, you know, I just really struggle singing that song because I know I don't. Um, I, I want to, but I know it's not true, so I feel funny singing it. And the encouragement there is, sing it as a prayer. This is my heart's desire, Lord. I want this to be true of me. And so I think we, we can approach Proverbs 31 in a similar way. Uh, this proverbial woman is incredible, um, and there are many wonderful and beautiful virtues, and you ought to look at that and say, I want to be godly, I want to be wise. I'm not going to look exactly like her, um, but this is my heart's desire, Lord. I want to I be a godly, godly woman, godly mother, godly wife. Um, again, it's not likely that you're going to do everything that this woman does, and it's okay if you don't own a textile company and make your own clothes. It really is. Um, but you should strive to be a blessing. I think that's one of the things that we see in this woman. She's a blessing to, she has this, she has spheres of influence. She's, she's at home, she's in the, in the community, she has a business, her husband, her kids. She's a blessing to all of them. And so that's the goal. Be a, be a blessing to the people around you, wherever God gifts you, wherever he calls you in life. Grow in godliness. Represent Jesus. Be a blessing to people. Recognize that there are, there are ways in which that we live that are deserving of praise. And we do so in, in faith. We act in faith by God's grace. So Proverbs 31 describes this godly woman who loves her family, who fears the Lord, and what that looked like in her day. What kind of characteristics that, that should be praised in any day? She is capable in many areas of life. She is caring toward various people that she engages with. She not only cares for her household, but operates a business and has a voice in the community. So when we read this, we should... Again, it's a beautiful passage, and one thing that it tells us is that the Bible is not oppressive to women. We should reject that idea that the world tends to tell you. 
And if people would only look at the effects of Christianity throughout history, they would see that everywhere it goes, women who were previously oppressed are elevated and honored and and truly liberated. So before we go to God's word and consider uh, what it means to to honor our mothers, let's begin our time in prayer. Father, we, we look to your word with a desire to please you by doing what it says and growing in our trust of you and your sovereign and good purposes and all that you provide for us. Thank you for the moms that you have given to us. May we grow in our understanding of what it means to honor them and why this is important to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm only going to go to verse 28 of Proverbs 31, which says, Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? And it feels kind of funny, maybe to some of you, you're, you're thinking, well, I'm not the Proverbs 31 woman. And yet, we should look and we should see just how our moms are a blessing to us. And we should express these things to her with a thankful heart, knowing that this is the woman God has purposefully placed with such a critical role in your life. So many of you moms are a huge blessing to your families, to this church family, and it's right for us, it's right for us to follow this biblical example to express what a blessing you are. But as soon as I say that, I'm, I'm reminded Mother's Day is tricky, isn't it? I hear from a lot of women, they don't like Mother's Day because our experiences are so different. Some mothers look a lot like this Proverbs 31 woman and and they're easy to honor and praise while others are not. Some mothers are with us and we can tell her these things and it's a happy day. For others it's painful because your mom isn't with you anymore. Some of you are are blessed to be moms, and some of you are grieved because you desperately want to be a mom. So I want to preach in a way that that speaks um, in some ways to all of you. Impossible, I know, but I want to be mindful of these things. I don't want to neglect honoring moms as God tells us to. And yet, I also don't want to be insensitive to the pain that others have on this day. So one of the challenges, just in general, in preaching, one of the challenges of a sermon is that you can't cover every question that people will have. And a lot of sermons create questions that people didn't have before. So I just want to remind you, please know that, you know, I don't presume to cover everything, but... I'm really happy to hear from you. I want to hear from you. I want to talk about whatever questions that you may have. 
And, and I've said that a lot, and I'm realizing this is one characteristic that I always want to be true of this church, that, that we welcome your questions, that we welcome hearing your struggles and your doubts and your disagreements. We want to hear from you. We want to be helpful in answering your questions. And sadly, I, you know, I, it's important because sadly, so many people describe their church experience where questions were not welcomed or answers were not thoughtful and biblical. And they end up walking away from the faith. I don't want that to ever be said of this church. So let me say again, I truly, truly, I love receiving questions. I may not have the answer in the moment, but I'm really confident that I can find a a good answer in God's word. And, you know, it's just something that I love to do. Your pastors want to be helpful to you. And I'd rather hear a disagreement than to hear later that you had one and you didn't come to us. So you are always invited. Write me, email me, either of these email addresses. Remember, I love coffee. Uh, Or if you don't want to do that and you just want me to reply by email, I love to do that as well, if that's better for you. So there's that invitation. In light of our varied experiences and and emotions on a day like this, I want to ask two questions. Why should we honor our mom? And what does it mean? What does it look like to honor her? First, why? Because she's honorable? Again, we get back to this Proverbs 31 woman. How much, okay, if that's the standard, how much like that Proverbs 31 woman does she need to be before you honor her? At what point do you conclude that your mom has achieved the status of honor after she maybe buys a field and plants a vineyard while working a ministry to the needy and poor and making her own bed coverings and clothes made of fine purple linen, starting a textile company, raising her children and being a blessing to her husband while simultaneously being a voice in the community? <laughs> yep, that's the standard. No, well, if so, if that's what you're waiting for, you're going to be waiting for a long time. You'll likely never rise up and call her blessed. You'll never tell her thank you. But she should, you know, we think she should resemble some of these virtues, right? Certainly, you know, we, okay, let's be gracious with mom. Let's grade her on a curve. Uh, Maybe bless her around, I don't know, 80% of this or 70, 60. Where do we draw the line? Some of you, have different standards than others. You expect more from mom than others. So what's the standard? Who are you comparing mom to? At what point do you, do you just accept this is the woman that God providentially gave you and you thank the Lord for her as imperfect as she may be and you honor her. So why should we honor mom? Well, it it does have to do with actual virtues or blessings. Um, 
But, so we don't, we don't honor her by pretending, by lying and making stuff up. We don't honor her by saying that we, we learn to do what's right because of all the wrong things that she did. Um, we don't say, well, thanks, Mom. At least you're not as bad as so-and-so. That wouldn't honor her much. Um, making comparisons doesn't honor her. And it doesn't honor the God who gave her to you. It only, it only tempts us to covet and wish that our mom was more like that Proverbs 31 woman. And then there's just this weight. And we're meant to bless. So when you see it, when you see that sacrifice, that service, that provision, small or great, don't take it for granted. Rise up and call her blessed. If there's anything worthy of praise, don't be stingy. Don't hesitate. Encourage her in her faith. Or if she's not a believer, realize that she's God's gift to you still. And you need to be thankful and you need to encourage her by expressing whatever appreciation there is for her. So we honor mom because she's God's provision of blessing as well. There's always something for us to notice and and not take for granted, a way in which she has been a blessing to us. But here's another reason. Here's another reason why we should honor our moms. Just a little reason. God tells us to. Sometimes we miss the most important reason of all because it's, it's too obvious. The point, this point reminds me hearing years ago something that R.C. Sproul described, a time when he was a student and his, I shouldn't do that, not when he was a little student, he, when he was in college, a student, and his professor, his eventual mentor, brilliant, intimidating man, Dr. John Gerstner, it was his professor, and, and in class, they were, I think they were in a circle, and he comes to one of the students and, and asks the student in the class this question. Doesn't have to do with this, but it relates. He asks this question, if predestination is true, or he had a real gravelly voice, um, if predestination were true, no, I won't do that, why should we be involved in evangelism? If predestination were true, he asks the student, and the student replied, I don't, I don't know. Dr. Gerstner goes to the next student down the line. And the next one says, beats me. And the next one, he says, you know, I, I, I've always wondered that too, Dr. Gerstner. And he, he, so he goes to all these students, and no one knows the answer to it. And the last student is R.C. Finally, he comes to R.C. and he says, well, Mr. Sproul, here's how R.C. describes this. He wrote, I slid down in the chair and prefaced my answer with all kinds of apologies, saying to him, well, Dr. Gerstner, I know this isn't what you're, you're looking for, and I know that you must be seeking some, some profound intellectual response, which I'm not prepared to give, but just in passing, one, of the small, one small point that I think we ought to notice here is that God does command us to be involved in evangelism. And Gerstner laughs and says, Oh, yes, Mr. Sproul, God does 
command us to be involved in evangelism. And of course, Mr. Sproul, what could be more insignificant than the fact that the Lord of glory, the Savior of your soul, the Lord God omnipotent, has commanded you to be involved in evangelism. And R.C. writes that, you know, that he gets the point. He got it in a hurry. It's no small thing. In fact, it it made the top 10, right? We shouldn't need any other reason than the fact that the Lord of glory, the Savior of our souls, the, the Lord God omnipotent has commanded you to honor your mother. Just as important as you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery is the command to honor your father and mother. In fact, the Apostle Paul picks up on this um, in his instruction to parents and children in Ephesians 6 and says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. So we shouldn't need any other motivation than God's command. But notice what Paul points out to us. This is the first of the Ten Commandments that actually comes with a a promise. Another reason why we should honor mom is that it may go well with you. And you might think, well, it's kind of general and and, um, living long in the land. You know, I'm in Oregon. How does that, what does that have to do with me? Well, it's not just land. The promise is not about land, ultimately. It's not about long years, ultimately. Um, it's an Old Testament type and shadow that points to the greater reality that all throughout redemptive history, excuse me, all throughout redemptive history and the covenants, they have to do with the presence of God. And we, we see that all throughout. Pillar of fire, pillar of cloud, his presence in the temple. It's all about the presence of God. Now we're in the new covenant and dwelt by the Holy Spirit. And we enjoy his, his presence. And so it's about presence, the blessing of his presence. Um the enjoyment of God, the blessing of God in your life. And it may be a long life or a short life, but the real heart of this blessing is that however long your life is, you're going you're gonna to have a better, more intimate fellowship and enjoyment with God connected to honoring your mom. There's a connection with, with authority And understanding that and learning that and expressing that honor, there's a connection with that, that with enjoying God teaches us. God is our ultimate authority. He is sovereign. He is good. He has placed a a variety of authorities in our lives. Not just mom, but we've been reading in the Gospel of John where Jesus points out a different authority. He points out to Pilate saying you would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given to you from above. So he's speaking of this governmental authority. God is, 
He is sovereign over the various authority structures in our lives. And so it's important for us to understand authority and honor and respect. He intends for them to be good, but as we've experienced more and more, this doesn't mean that governing authorities are always right or that their motives are good. We're faced with circumstances that require us to discern because of their motives are not right and good. They require us to discern when it's right to disobey. And we need to be careful with this. Some people, that's really easy because they're just rebellious at heart and they want to disobey. And some people disobey to honor God and it's really difficult because there's this connection with authority and respect. So we need to be really careful with it because we don't want to be We don't want to be resisting God or learning to resist God. We only resist authority to honor and obey him. After all, the the blessing of obedience gives us this closer relationship with God. If these authority structures overstep and rebel against God, if they order us to sin, if they tell us when and how and what regarding worship, if you're if your parent was an unbeliever and finds out that you're a Christian and forbids you to read the Bible or go to church, there's, there's circumstances like this in which we must discern um, not simply our rights and our preferences, but discerning what would be most pleasing to God. What would honor him? When Daniel is forbidden to pray, when the apostles are told not to preach, There are always situations when these lesser authorities should be disobeyed in order to obey and honor God. Jesus said that we ought to give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what is God's. And sometimes giving to God what is God's requires civil disobedience. A respectful disobedience that still seeks to honor these lesser authorities. Unlike the the violent, man, our times are just getting violent. Unlike these violent protests and threats that are going on in our country, as godly people who respect the the place of God-given authority, we don't throw a tantrum. We don't react in violence. But we resist with honor, and a proper God-glorifying respect. Why? Well, because as much as these things affect us, again, it's not primarily about us and our rights. It's about glorifying God. It's about being submissive to him and obeying him and seeing him as sovereign over every circumstance, even and especially those circumstances that, that seem out of control. And we know, of course, that nothing is truly out of control. And there are higher priorities than simply our immediate and good concerns. And so it's, it's a higher priority to behave in ways that please God. God is the ultimate authority. And the way we are blessed with an enjoyment of his presence is to learn as early as possible to respect 
to respect positions of authority that he's placed over us. And that's where mom comes in. We learn at a young age. If all we know is rebellion, then it'll be pretty difficult, if not impossible, to enjoy the presence of any authority and ultimately God. We'll lump it all together and end up resisting him because of these lesser, these lesser authorities only point to him. So parents, there's a, there's a sense in which discipline does have to do with you, but not ultimately. It's not ultimately about your position of authority. Your ultimate goal in raising up your children is that they, they come to love and enjoy the presence of God, not resisting his authority, but submitting to his good and, and always perfect care for us. So why do we honor mom? Well, because she's a blessing. No comparisons, no sense of entitlement. If we understand God's grace and forgiveness and sovereign care for us, then our eyes will open to the actual ways in which our mom has served us and taught us and cared for us. With your varying circumstances, in some way, when you remember God's grace, your eyes will open up to some ways in which she's been a blessing to you. The blessings are there. And however imperfect she may be, it's important for us, it's important for us to see her to rightly love her and honor her by telling her so. We also honor our mom because she's God's provision. God who is sovereign and always working for your good purposefully, purposefully gave her to you for the time that he thought best. We honor mom because the God of glory tells us to and obeying this command of God leads to the greatest blessing of all, enjoying him and his ultimate authority over us. And when you enjoy God's presence and when you enjoy this authority over you, you'll find a remedy. You'll find a remedy to bitterness and unforgiveness in your life. Enjoying his presence means that you enjoy his mercy and his forgiveness towards you. That if anyone deserved to be bitter and unforgiving, it's God toward you. So if he has been so gracious to you, how can you not respond to the infinitely lesser offenses in your life? Especially when you know that he has promised to be just and that no sin committed against you or anyone else goes unnoticed, not dealt with. We do our best in circumstances of life to confront sin, to um, hope for repentance in that person, and if there's no earthly resolution, then you're, you're freed to give it to God. Okay, now, I, I'm sorry. This has been so negative, hasn't it? I'm speaking um, in negative terms on Mother's Day, but again, it's tricky because some of you have told me about your experiences, and I know that some of you had a very hard, cruel, even abusive relationship with your mom. And even if this falls, um, makes me think that even this 
even, even these difficult circumstances with your mom falls under the category of last week's sermon. Various trials and tribulations that God has providentially brought into your life. And so we need to see them in a godly way. See that, that God has purposed them, whether you understand it or not, he's purposed them for your good. And that we can um, respond to them, these circumstances, in faith, with a hope and, and a confidence in God. Some of you wouldn't think to put your mom in that category. And it's easy for you to rise up and to call her blessed. And for others, the only way you can honor her is to maybe look like with a microscope with a desire to see something and to bless her. Either way, there's blessing. Either way, we are to give honor because no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Blessed, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. I love Reformed theology. I love the sovereignty of God. All of these things come back to it. There's an answer there for all of our challenges, right? To know that God gave you that specific mom, whether you, you know, for his good purposes, to know that his purposes are good, it's a comfort. We may not understand his purposes, this side of glory, but, but his word is clear. What others may intend for evil, God intends for your good. For those who know and love God, he promises to be working all things in your life for good. And this includes your parents. For some of us, the good of our parents is obvious. For others, you have to come back to God's always perfect providence. Providence. Providence has to do with God's provision. It's his providence. It's what he's determined for you. For your good. And faith says, I'm going to believe that and I'm going to honor my parents because God commands me to, because God promises that it'll be a blessing for me, that I'll know him better, I'll understand him better, I'll have a more intimate walk with him. We've thought about some of the reasons why. Now let's consider what does it mean to honor, what does it look like honoring mom? If we think of our Proverbs 31 passage, it means that we get up and we tell her, to be very simple, you tell her that we recognize the blessing and actually praise her for it. And if your mom is no longer with you, you can still honor her by remembering and even speaking of of what you appreciated about her, and you should. Think of Pastor Dale's recent video about the good example of Nancy's mom as she faced death. What a terrific, God-glorifying way of honoring Nancy's mom, Lois. We honor the people in our life, whether they're with us or not, by talking about them, appreciating them. My wife, Jennifer, has a similar hurt in that she lost her mom when she was 13, and I never knew her. But I love to hear about her. I love for Jen to speak about her mom. And, um, and she must deserve some honor and praise because Jen's a wonderful mom. You can see her mom in her. We need to speak 
And I'm the chief of sinners when it comes to not expressing enough my appreciation. So let me just say, I want to take this opportunity now to to do it with my mom. My mom's not here this morning. My mom, though I want to praise her, she raised three boys. Enough said. Uh, Boys who, when I look back, I realize it couldn't have been easy for her. There were many challenges and bickering and fights between us. And honestly, after being a parent, I have a much greater appreciation for my mom because, man, I don't know how she put up with Mark and Alan. One of the things that, that stands out to me is my mom's love, her, lo- her love for my dad. I never saw them fight. And I don't think they hid it either. They just didn't fight. Um, and what a blessing that was, and how unusual I know that is. But it was probably one of the greatest blessings to us kids because it just showed there was a stability in our home. There was a unity there. We didn't worry about that. So I bless her for that. What does it mean to honor our moms? It means that we tell her. We speak of her. And I hope you'll, you'll make it a priority, not just today, though today is a, a good day to you know, tell your mom the things that you appreciate about her or to speak about your mom. But whenever, throughout, throughout the year, whenever you see something that, that is admirable or sacrificial or a blessing to you, tell her. Don't take it for granted. Uh, Second, so honoring mom means that we tell her. It also means that we obey her. And of course, I'm speaking to children who are still under their parents' care. The goal of any good parent is to raise your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And this counsel has to do with preparing your children to be godly adults, responsible adults, adults who establish their own household, especially if they get married where they where they leave that season of life and cleave to their spouse. And that's a beautiful new season of life. So we recognize this honoring. There's a seasonal aspect to it. It's it's a seasonal authority of obedience that, that wants the best for their children, preparing them to be adults who will still honor their parents, but in different ways. No matter how old or mature or independent we are, God still tells us, listen to your father. Listen to your father who gave you life. Do not despise your mother when she is old. Uh, I'd also add, do not tell your mother that she's old. That's maybe a good thing too. So godly parents will not expect their adult children to obey them. Godly parents won't expect their adult children to obey them as if they were children. But there's still honor. And what this honor looks like is is listening and valuing their wisdom and respecting opinions, going to them. And when our parents get even older, we may honor them in still another way, still listening but maybe for a different reason, just to be with them just to spend some time, just to 
see to their needs, making sure that they're cared for in practical ways that they no longer can do. And what a, what a great example so many of the men of this church have been to me over the years in our men's groups because as we share our lives and pray for one another, there have been so many men who, who have cared for their parents in this way, in practical ways, seeing to their, to their needs. And it's beautiful. It's honoring. Um, it's a great example. What does it mean to honor it? It means different things in the different seasons of life. And getting back to the season of being a child, primarily honoring your mom means obedience to her. Now, let's see. I don't know how many, I think all the kids went to Sunday school, but I wanted to address kids, teens, that obeying your mom and dad now is not just about mom and dad. It has to do with being a Christian. It has to do with loving Jesus. Jesus said that if you don't obey him, then you don't really love him. So learning obedience now is God's design. And it's really, really important because if we don't learn it, if we still rebel as an adult, then we'll probably rebel against God. And we won't have the best gift of all which is knowing and loving Jesus. Obeying is not just for kids either, is it? Being a Christian will always have to do with obeying, not necessarily your mom and dad because, well, they want you to be godly adults. They want, you, they want to help you to, um, to grow in godliness, to obey him. So this is why Paul says, that obeying comes with a promised blessing. That when we obey, life will go well because we'll have learned what it means to know God and enjoy his presence. So I think of parents. I want to address parents. Parents, is this true in your life? Are you modeling, are you modeling proper obedience to your children? Because we all have areas of submission and obedience. Do they see you obeying God's word? Thinking so highly of it that, that maybe you confess something and change something in the family's life. Treating um, God's word with respect. Or treating other positions of authority with respect. Do your kids see you doing that? Honoring Things like his church and the police and people God has placed over us and authority over us. And yes, even with all of the challenges, but, but overall, do you model humble respect or do you model rebellion? Because ultimately, it will impact their view of God. Knowing what comes natural to sinners means that our children need much more training in the areas of respect, obedience, and submission than the opposite. The opposite comes naturally for all of us. And if we must disobey in order to obey God, we should model this attitude of, of this being difficult and still having respect and honor to God. G.K. Chesterton uh, once wrote that the, the original sin, our innate sin nature, that this 
is the only part of Christian theology that can really be proved. In other words, inherent sin is obvious to everyone because you don't need to teach your children to disobey, do you? (laughs) You need to train them to do good. You need to train them to obey. The other comes natural. Jesus, of course, is the one exemption to this because he was not born with a sin nature. But still, think of it. When he was young, with sinful parents, he submitted to them. He humbled himself. He obeyed them. In another stage of life in his earthly ministry, he showed respect to them. And on the cross, knowing that he would not be physically present to, to care for his mother, in the, midst of, in the midst of his own agony, still he thought of. That's incredible, isn't it? In the midst of his own agony, he's thinking of his mom. He honored his mother by making sure that John would care for her as if she were his mom. Now, I, I don't know about you, but I make so many excuses, or more likely, I'm just not mindful when I get busy. I'm, I get busy with work, and, and I have things on my mind, and, and, uh, and this small detail of Jesus on the cross causes me to be that much more amazed by him. If ever there was a time in human history for someone to legitimately say, I've got too much on my plate, mom, to be thinking of your practical needs, it was Jesus on the cross. And I'm sure Mary didn't even expect it. But what a great honor she received. Jesus is, he's much more than an example, right? But he is an example. He is a great example. And what does this example say to us? It says, wow, what a high priority it is for us to think of and care for our moms, to honor them. Moms, there are plenty of things that should cause us to rise up and call you blessed. Praising you for the ways in which you've blessed us is right and good. And our Savior obviously holds you and this role as precious and close to his heart. So moms, thank you. We honor you this morning. Let's pray. Father, I pray that of all the things said that mostly you will use this time to cause us to express to or about our moms the honor, the appreciation that we have for her, things great and small. Please bless them. Please give them a sense of joy in this very high and important calling. Lord, please encourage and strengthen our moms. Help them to know that you are with them, that you are using them, to bless their children, that you're the one that that you determined in your perfect wisdom and knowledge 
and goodness and love, you're the one given to their children. Give them, give these moms wisdom and a growing desire for godliness as all of our labors are for the sake of your glory. So Lord, we give thanks this morning and help us to do so many more mornings. We give thanks for our moms. In Jesus' name, amen.